Welcome to the North Group Podcast. At North Group, we're constantly invited into organizations in order to influence leadership and organizational behavior. It is absolutely fascinating. I'm your host, Roger North, and we'd like to invite you into that conversation. The customer is always right. I have been hearing that my entire adult life, and maybe before that, maybe when I was a kid, the customer is always right. Is there any value at all, Craig, in that phrase, in that idiom, the customer is always right? Well, you know, you start with the customer is always right, just to give staff an idea of, hey, we're going to provide a great customer service, a, a, a great service to these people. And uh, you want employees to have a serving attitude, but the customer is not always right. <laughs> there are many times, and anyone that has served on the front line in retail or in a restaurant or even a customer service job, when they hear that phrase, it's easy just to roll your eyes and say, right, that's just a catchphrase that does not hold ultimate truth. My friend and partner, Craig Sloniger, is with me here today to discuss this phrase, the customer is always right. Craig has a ton of experience in retail and hospitality operations, and I just find that phrase fascinating because I hear it rolled out under certain situations, but I've generally understood it to be a reflection of an attitude and not a statement yeah. of fact. What do you think about that way of thinking about that phrase? Yeah, it, it really is an attitude, but it is not a statement of fact because it always cracks me up when customers come forward and they think that the louder they get or the more rude they get or the th more threatening. And, and, I, and, I, and there's a lot of stories of employees being threatened with lawsuits if they do not follow a certain path. And now with social media being a bigger presence, everyone's worried about ratings and bad comments and whatnot, that sometimes the rude customer gets their way, and, but they're and, not right. And we've seen uh, people be recorded when they didn't know they were re being recorded yeah. and responding yeah. in a less than ideal way, shall we say. And the next thing you know, it goes viral and people are talking about this situation. Uh, so when you're in a hospitality or a retail situation, you've been in, in, in many of them, spent much of your career around those types of environments. W what is your counsel to a team around that concept? I mean, you would, you would, you would use that phrase from time to time as a, as a jumping off point, right? Yeah, I mean, that's you've right. You've used it in your career, haven't you? Absolutely. And, and you got to tread the both sides of the line because you want to de-escalate the situation. Okay. You want to take care of the customer because mm -hmm. ultimately you want to do right by them and bring them back. But you've also got to support your employees at the same time. Yeah. And, and you know, there's a lot of interesting stories. And I've got one story that's just on the top of my mind with this is um, we were selling at one of our stores a uh, like a six-foot ficus tree. Uh, artificial. ficus? Well, it's a type of tree. <laughs> but it's not real. But it's not real. So this is a real tree. No, no. Well, it's an artificial tree. A ficus is a real kind of tree? Yes. Or is it an artificial tree by definition? <laughs> Roger, you're going way too deep on this story. Let me get back to my story. Okay. A, fi it's a, substantial, a fake ficus tree. It's a substantial tree. <laughs> and normally it sells for like around, I'll make up a number here, $219. Okay. But someone had accidentally put $2.19 on the sticker. <laughs> So these people see this like, oh, something's wrong here. This yeah. is going to be a great bargain. Yeah. And they bring it up to yeah. the cash register. And the cashier right away catches, this is not a $2 product. Right. It's much more than that. And says, I need to do a price check on this. Sure. 
and the customer just went off and even said, by law, you are required to sell this to me no matter what the sticker is. Were they right about that? No, absolutely. It's just human error. And, and so lawsuits were threatened. And here we have a 20-year-old cashier mm-hmm. who doesn't know quite how to handle the situation and, uh, and definitely needed support. And at that point, the manager has to support the employee and also try to de-escalate the situation with the customer. If you don't mind my asking, you're talking about a real situation that you experienced in your career, right? Absolutely. I mean, you're, you're, yes. you're, you're, this isn't fictional. What happened? Uh, how well, did you make the customer right, and how did you reflect an attitude of the customer is always right when, in fact, the customer was not right? The first thing you do is you apologize. Okay. Hey, sorry, sure. sorry, we're in this situation. Obviously, this product is not two dollars and nineteen cents. So that's the de-escalation. That's right. With truth. Hey, let let us help you out here. We'll give you, um, let's say, a twenty percent discount on this product because you know we should have had that labeled right and whatnot. In this case, the customer was not going to be satisfied. They took the planter with the tree in it and knocked it over onto the ground, broke it, and stormed out. That's mature. Well, and there is a case where the customer's not always right. Mm -hmm. And actually, the cashier was excited that a manager came forward to help her in that situation because she she didn't know what to do next. So from a leadership perspective, with you overseeing what was happening in that particular retail outlet, you would have said the greater interest of the organization was served here by departing from that idiom, the customer is always right, because it simply wasn't true and wasn't a good long-term, it wasn't even a good long-term cultural play for that organization. Yeah, and if we would have supported the customer and allowed them to have that product for Mm $2.19 instead of $219, it would have sent such mixed messages throughout the organization and actually probably resulted in worse customer service down the road because... Um, employees wouldn't have confidence in how to handle situations of that magnitude. You've been in these situations many times, but isn't it interesting how we place some of our least experienced and, shall I say, youngest employees right at the tip of the spear, so to speak, in customer service situations? Is Has that been your experience? And what do you do to, um, I don't know, make make up for that you know we hire a you know a 17 year old bagger in a grocery store and they have some good interpersonal skills and 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 they're a good worker and they show up on time and they and and they 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 do a lot of nice things for us and we say hey let's let's move them up to cashier let's train them on the point of sale system and there they are the next thing you know facing a customer service situation yeah. Like you just described. Yeah. And, and, and that's why you have to have someone with experience close by and on hand to mm-hmm. help jump into those situations. Okay. But Roger, this is why I think retail and restaurants are an excellent first job oh, for people. I agree. Because there is so much learning that goes on with how mm-hmm. to interact with customers, most of whom are really friendly and nice. There are a few that aren't that way, but it's still learning in that whole situation of kind of the transaction, the give and take, um, how to greet people, how to serve people, and how to do it in a professional way. So most of the environments that you've uh, been in and been in charge of over the years uh, would have been in environments where the organization valued something beyond the transaction. That's right. Right, where you were yes. trying to infuse value into the customer experience, into the environment, something beyond a dollar store type of experience. That's right. Right. 
So you've got 16-year-olds, 17-year-olds in the retail environment, great first job for them. How do you, uh, I guess I'll use the same word again, infuse them with the understanding of this customer is always right idiom, but as an attitude and mm. not as a statement of fact? Mm-hmm. How would you go about doing that? Yeah, you, you give them kind of certain handles of, of, of how to interact with the customer. And first and foremost is you got to greet the customer and, and see them as a person yeah. and not just a, a really job yeah. coming through there. And once you can train them to see that person in front of them as another person, and um, it, it, it takes away some of that, this is just a transactional type mm-hmm. of thing. Mm-hmm. The other thing is, you, again, you've got to have experienced people or manager type people right there on the front lines, ready to jump in into difficult situations. Mm-hmm. And then that's where the learning really takes place because they'll start to model the way that manager handles the situation. So I'm not sure if this is a helpful question or not, but it just came to my mind. When you would think about the, the, the universe of customers that might have you know, visited the different you know, retail or hospitality operations you've been involved in the years, what percentage of those would be bad actors, you know, yeah. people that are trying to take advantage, they're looking for the $2.19 sign on the $219 bike yeah. tree. Yeah. What percentage of people in your experience would you put into that, into that category? Uh, unfortunately, it's like 1%. Very small, right? It is really small. You were going to hit. But they stand out so much. Yes. Because they are making a scene in a public area. Yes. And it's not only embarrassing for employees, it's embarrassing to other customers. Yes. And the other oh. cu- and other customers want somebody to stand up to these people because they feel like they're getting an unfair advantage just because they're angry. So how much do you think the environment that you create which is your responsibility mm-hmm. as a leader, right? To create mm-hmm. an environment that's reflective of the values of the organization, of the way we want to treat people, the way we want to treat employees and customers. How much of an effect do you think the environment that you create as a leader, even the physical environment, the way it looks, the way it feels, what people experience when they come in, can that even reduce that 1% to something smaller? Do you think we can do that as leaders in an organization? Well, it certainly elevates the experience for the 99%. Okay. The more you, you give like attention that. to that. Yeah. Um, there's always going to be an element of people that, for whatever reason, come in looking for some type of a confrontation or justifying that they should get an advantage in one way or another. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I think the concentration usually is, hey, let's elevate the experience for the 99% that are coming in okay. here. And, and we'll do our best with that 1% that you just can't satisfy. So that leads me to another question. It's probably another whole conversation, so we won't take it real far here. But I, I feel like I can sense organizations that manage around the one percent yeah rather than lead around the 99 percent you just handled my query about the one percent by concentrating on the 99 percent which is just yet another thing that i admire about you and your 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 way of looking at the world and your hopeful way of, of of leading people and so forth but i feel like i can feel in an organization when i'm going into an organization that is built around not getting taken advantage of 
and it's sometimes even reflected in 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 their signs. Yes, uh, you know with, with, that's no, the first no, place no shoes, you see no it. shirt, no service, yes, no sm- right. absolutely no yeah. smoking or whatever the phraseology yeah. might be. And for me, that is an immediate uh, barrier mm-hmm. about a long term relationship with that organization. Would you see it that way? And do you think there's a feel to that that people can pick up? Yeah, I, I often think of the same thing. The more signs you see in an yeah. establishment, the more they're managing around the 1% mm-hmm. because they're afraid of being taken advantage by exactly. that small group of people. Exactly. And usually these are all curled up signs with tape that have been up there for 10 years. <laughs> and and, and it, it's often around return policies because yes, that's yeah, another place yeah, people take advantage yeah. of. And and. Um, you know, if you use this door, an alarm will sound. Yeah. And then you see people walking through the door and there's no alarm going off. Um, and so it's really important that the signage you have is, by and large, directional, helping yeah. you get to where you need yeah. to go. And uh, it's truthful. Yeah. Uh, if an alarm's not going to sound, then just please put private, private entrance sure. if, if sure. you don't want people using it. My wife was just telling me uh, the other day about a, a great return experience that she had and it got me to thinking that the particular retailer is actually not one of my favorites i really don't like to go to their stores but it's not really based in experience it's more based in image and the way she characterized the return experience helped to adjust my sense of what that particular retailer was about and basically what she said is she bought an item she opened it she used it but it was not what she thought it was going to be yeah. My wife is not a demanding person. If right. she had gone right. to the return desk and they'd said, oh, I'm that's sorry, right. we don't take returns on a package that's been opened, she would have said, oh, okay, my mistake. I mean, my wife is not that 1%. But in this experience, she brought it in and and she she said something reflecting what I just said. And they said, oh, great. Uh, let's give you a full credit for that. Yeah. Like, man. Isn't That's that a nice? place I want to go back to. And, and it was not a, yep. you would think, you know, maybe the image our listeners are building in their minds, that oh, was a high ten, high-end retailer, they got tons of margin. It was not. Yeah. It was a you know, discount, and, you know, not, not full discount, but, you know, halfway to discount yep. type retailer. Right. right. And what a great way to engender customer loyalty. And again, they're concentrating on the 99%. They're concentrating because on they the know that, that most people are not trying to take advantage of them. But then there comes a point where you just have to stand up and say enough is enough for that 1%. Yeah. Uh, another story that just kind of crosses my mind is uh, uh, it was a restaurant experience. Uh, there was this individual, none of us like to wait in line, mm-hmm. but when you have a good restaurant, there's going to be a wait. Mm-hmm. Um, so he always tried to jump the line. He tried tipping out the, the host. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a customer that wanted to advance their opportunity to get seated. That's right. Okay. And get ahead of the other customers that were waiting in Got line. Got it. And finally, it came to the point that he walked in with his family and walked around the restaurant until he found an empty table and just sat down. Wow. And uh, it is bold. And of course, you know, other people are watching. How's this going to be handled and whatnot? And uh, I wasn't there at the time, but the manager came forward and talked to them. And of course, you don't want to make a scene in a restaurant because it ruins everyone else's experience. They served them at that time, but they were told this was the last meal you eat in this restaurant. Wow. 
And did uh, you support that action on yeah, the part of the actually, person there? Yeah, because this was a, a known person that okay. had been doing this over okay. and over and over again. What a great way to handle it. Didn't make yeah. a scene. That's right. But also didn't allow the 1% to change the way they did business. That's right. So, you know, I think where we're arriving at here, and we don't have to arrive at any place, but we started out with this, you know, is there truth to this customer's order? What I hear you saying, what I'm learning from this conversation, you know what? 99% or whatever that number is of people that we deal with in a reputable, forward-looking, well-cultured retailer, hospitality type establishment, 99% of people, we can treat them as if the customer is always right That's because right. we're going to work together to have a good experience here. If we treat you well, you're going to treat us well. We're going to have a continuing relationship. You're going to come back and all's right with the world. Why build an organization around the 1% Yes. where that really isn't true. That's right. And, and and that's really, again, the truth of the statement. It's not always correct. In fact, there are many times it's not, but the truth of the statement is we have to have a posture towards serving our customers. That's beautiful. And they will come back. Thank you, Craig. Great All conversation. Right. Hey, thanks, Roger. It.